This is SOMCAST, a wine podcast created by the BC Chapter of the Canadian Association of Professional Sommeliers. We're committed to bringing you great conversations from wine professionals around British Columbia. So pour yourself a glass and enjoy the show. Hey, SOMCAST listeners. Today's conversation is with Mark DeWolf. And if you haven't heard the name Mark DeWolf in BC before, it's all right. Mark is actually from Halifax in Nova Scotia, but his influence can certainly be felt in the uh, association here in British Columbia, given that he was the national CAPS president for the previous four years before our very own Leslie Brown is now in that position. And I was excited to talk to Mark because I know that so much of his enthusiasm and influence has gone into the development of what CAPS is today. And in addition to that, this guy has a tireless effort into contributing to the wine community in the world. He's the director of marketing for the Association de la Sommelier Internationale, which takes care of all the best sommelier of the Americas and of the world competition. He is the director of sponsorship uh, for Michelle Buffard and Tasting Climate Change. He's an educator, um, expert on Nova Scotia wines, and I was excited to have this conversation just around the direction that he sees these associations and where CAPS is going and the future of, of wine education in our community overall. So I hope you enjoy. Awesome. All right. So here we are in conversation with Mark DeWolf, uh, an amazing name that I've known for a number of years, Mark, as a probably most famously president of CAPS, now past president, and also a, a role as a director of marketing for ASI, among many, many titles that you hold. So uh, it well, is we'll question possible. the vanity of having more than two or titles, but I do it. <laughs> now, for, for many people listening, they may not know your name, but you've been totally instrumental in creating the framework for CAPS as it exists right now for us out in BC. So, well, they may, yeah, definitely, uh, I'm sure a lot of people don't know my name. I'm not, you know, like, uh, definitely not the most, uh, the highest profile song in the country, but uh, hopefully I've done my part to support everybody that's doing great jobs and from, you know, Nova Scotia to BC. So, um, uh, it's been kind of, it was an honor to be president for CAPS for, ooh, I think, four years almost. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, and have a, I hope be slightly instrumental in changing the, the vision of CAPS um, from what it was to, to what I think it is becoming now. And I have great confidence that uh, Leslie Brown, our current, the current president, is uh, going to take uh, some of my starting points and, and, and change that from a vision to an actual. And mm. that, that's, the, that's the great thing. I think, we've, uh, I think CAPS is really well positioned for the future because of people like Leslie being on board. Totally, yeah. And then you before that, and uh, and before yeah, I... and, and my vision was, you know, like you know, in the past that um, uh, Caps and other organizations like Caps, we've been very competition focused, you know, and and I think there's a danger in 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 just uh, aligning our our profession to these kind of while aspirational and, and exciting events, um, really they touch a very small percentage of the actual Psalms in, in, in mm. the country. And I think 
it was important for us to kind of step back and say, okay, that's not what we're all about. It shouldn't be all about. And so we shouldn't be celebrating the few, we should be celebrating the many. And that's, you know, there's no grand uh, recipe for doing that other than, um, you know, placing less emphasis on, on competitions and more emphasis on education, communication. And, and really for me, ultimately was like trying to connect the dots between Atlantic Canada, Quebec, Ontario, and the West Coast. And uh, that wasn't that easy at the beginning. It was certainly slightly fractured at the time. Um, Quebec was thinking about leaving. And I think if I had a legacy, it would be, yeah, that we brought the country together. Awesome. Well, I, I'm so interested just that, that what you're talking about for your vision, where I, I know here in BC, we have been, it's so the competition was the star event of yeah. the year. And then we but had- I think if you look at what you're doing now, like mm. I see through things like even this podcast or through the, um, the, the kind of richness and the more kind of seminars and webinars that are being put on in BC and that's being replicated throughout the country. And, 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 and that's, that for me is more, it just is important. That, that sense of community and bringing all of us together um, and learning from each other, you know, I think ultimately the gray-haired psalms like me that have been, don't even want to say when I graduated my program in <laughs> 2001, um, you know, it's about being mentors and, and, and really you only do, you do volunteer work like this, not, not for yourself, but for the hope that uh, people that are just getting into the profession or have opportunity and they can, they can find their own success. That's why you do these things. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> I, I'm curious, but we, we kind of started halfway downstream here, Mark, but actually, I don't know, but what, what was the pathway for you in oh. your, your sommelier and oh, yeah. so, wine career? I'll, like, I'll try to give you the very brief sure. life of yeah, Mark, because yeah. um, I've I, I experienced a little lot more life than you and some of your listeners, but uh, yeah, I um, fell into it like everybody else. Uh, my background's economics and math. I was working at a corporate identity firm in Toronto when I first graduated university. Didn't really love it. And so I convinced them on a day a week to let me uh, go to a brewery and help make beer. So I fell into a love of beer, which uh, eventually when I came back to Nova Scotia, a couple of years later, uh, helped launch a micro, a little brew pub. And then, um, yeah, I just, I fell into the restaurant world and figured, well, I'm here. I might as well try to be the best you can. So I worked with a food network chef named Michael Smith there for a while and uh, took the Psalm program, did quite well, and that afforded me some opportunity to, to move out. So I ended up being a senior editor or something called Appalachian America. So at the time, it was one of the largest wine websites in the world, really focused on trying to, uh, to express uh, place in the North American wine landscape. So it was really cutting edge stuff at the time, working with some killer wine writers like Mary Edwards, Tom Elker, Dan Berger, like uh, some really, uh, basically if you were a prominent California writer, uh, a US writer at the time, you were involved in this project. So that just then led to other things and I couldn't tell you everything I've done because there's just way too many things in my oh, yeah, uh, yeah. work life but uh, led to writing and then I've always I 
was I given the opportunity to teach as of 2004. So I've been a Psalm instructor now for seven, almost 17 years. So basically wow. almost 90% of Psalms out of uh, Nova Scotia have definitely mm. been taught by me. What's, what's been your favorite thing to, I mean, I've never been an instructor myself and what's, what's the most gratifying or what's that thing that you like to teach? Oh, well, that's a good question. I mean, obviously I've got a, a secret passion for Italy. So I mean, anything Italian, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, spent a lot of time in Italy over the years. I used to own a, I opened a tour, uh, kind of a wine food tour company before that was cool, 2009. So I've spent a lot of time in Italy. Um, honestly, any, any, you know, it's really not even just the subject matter. It's just really watching the evolution of a young Psalm. And, and it's exciting to see people that have enter into a program like that. And they start with um, a mo you know, moderate, if not low level of knowledge and, and, and experience and see that over a year or two, that transitional uh, moment when they, you know, those aha moments and they start really understanding the wine, that's, it, you know, that's, that's the key, you know, that's when you feel good, great when, and when the, the student becomes really uh, almost the educator to you, because I, I always see the, the, the wonderful insight that the students have in terms of being able to taste without prejudice, you know, so you're giving them the skills and tools to taste and then they, they don't necessarily have the 20 years of, of, of inherent bias sometimes when, you know, we're all guilty of putting, putting aromas and flavors into, into, into wine because we've had that style so many times. And then I love when we've taught students to, to be analytical and thought, have a thought process when they're tasting and then they give you those aha moments back and you go oh my god you're right <laughs> you know so that's that's the, that's the exciting thing i think yeah yeah because we're, we're tasting the same thing but the most interesting part i think is when somebody else can put it in a language or in a way where hey the juice is the same thing that you're tasting but somebody else has just put this beautiful way of describing it together yeah where, Sometimes there's a certain innocence, you know, that, you know, like when we, you know, that comes out and that it's really without, yeah, like I say, without those prejudices, sometimes we, I, I'm, I'm guilty of it and I know I shouldn't do it as an instructor, but I'm guaranteed that mm -hmm. I do it when you have a classic producer from a classic place, you're, you're, you're reading in to your mind and sometimes it's great when those students are able to kind of, yeah, enlighten, enlighten you too. Awesome. Thank you. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. So let's, uh, what, what led then to the, the CAPS influence? Like what was oh, the, yeah. the so, turning okay. point there that took you from your educator background, hospitality and writing, authoring, yeah. but then yeah. CAPS comes then, in where, how? Well, oh geez, I think CAPS, like we started CAPS in Atlantic Canada around 2006, um, 2007. And at that time, you know, we were still pretty green and new to the psalm landscape in the country so and there wasn't that many of us really either instructing or involved in the board so it just kind of at that time i was instructing eventually became um president of the local chapter and then and then my influence over my time increased with the national board and it just was a national uh, natural evolution so um time came to kind of take over the country banner and uh 
thankfully, you know, I've been around for a long time. So it allowed, uh, hopefully, me to see the, the issues and, and the, the good things that have been going on with CAF. And, and now, and you know, it's great. At the time, that time, it was uh, Michelle Buffard in BC, you know, and I think my first yeah, experience yeah. Uh, was a competition. I think it was around 2017. We had uh, the best song in Canada in, in BC, and that was uh, um, a good starting point for me to understand the BC culture. And and, and I think with Leslie, she took all that great young energy of Michelle to get it started. And now Leslie and, and now Mark uh, has kind of brought it to the next level. And it's exciting to see what can happen yeah history. totally it's been a it's pretty been a pretty vibrant year over here for what we have put together for cap so far yeah and and i think it's you're seeing that across the country you know manitoba has proven to be great ontario does a lot of great things in terms of their educational webinar programs quebec always is strong and atlanta canada has been our little strong little chapter for a long time so it's uh Hopefully, fingers crossed, the, you know, the education point is always the big thing that we want to get going. Um, and it's been a lot of work time to get here and a lot of bumps in the road. But hopefully, um, with DJ and uh, Bruce Molnar working on a program, hopefully, eventually, CAS will have that national education piece complete, but uh, soon. Not a small project, right, Mark? No, it's not a small project, and and really, it's a it's a hell of a lot, it's a hell of a lot of work. Um, but I think it's important that uh, I think it's important for Canada to have a, its own educational program, something that's rooted and connected back to Canada. So, you know, one of the one of the things that I've wanted and I think insisted on is that part of the the curriculum has to be a module dedicated only to Canada. So that we can, you know, because obviously can we have to be the champions of our own backyard and uh, the, you know, while there's great programs out there, um, they're not Canadian created programs. So we tend to, you know, the amount of Canadian uh, curriculum in those programs is limited. And so we have to play our part in the fabric of the Canadian wine industry and be the champions of local and be sure and, and be the, the, the flag bearers of can Canadian wine to the world stage, you know? So uh, there's, you know, we know, you know, the quality of wine being produced in BC and Ontario and, and some of the quality being produced in Nova Scotia deserves, deserves attention. Uh, and, and we as Canadian Psalms should be the one uh, bestowing the attention on our industry. That's right. We're on the front lines here for it. I know well, you're we have to be, you yeah. know, and Canadians are, you know, we, we don't always do a good job of self-promotion. I think we should, uh, this is a time and an industry that we should be truly proud of. I mean, there's some really exciting wines coming out of uh, this country from one coast to the other. And so disservice if Canadian Psalms aren't, aren't being uh, champions. Absolutely. How do you, Mark, like to just like when you're educating, how do you like to describe the wines of Canada? Because I get that if we're in, in any other country learning about wine, it's going to be the wines of Canada, right? And the assumption that yeah, yeah, no, I mean it's, it's a hard, it's a hard conversation to have because you know we, it's hard to pigeonhole us into because we have such diversity. Canada, by by its very nature, is such a a broad country by geography and and stuff, you know, and and culturally diverse too. I mean, I think you know, like you pro we probably so you can't just you know, it's not like. 
I think we're all guilty of talking about Italian wines as a as a whole, and, and it's pretty hard to kind of suggest the same thing with Canada. Uh, you know, we have, um, you know, climatically, I mean, there's a massive variation between the Okanagan Valley and, and Annapolis Valley here in Nova Scotia. Culturally, I mean, Nova Scotia versus, you know, Ontario versus BC is quite different. So we have where we're probably a little more Eurocentric uh and and you and bc probably a little more you know west coast you know like so we're gonna have stylistic variations so the, the, the no easy way to pigeonhole canada into one thing and i think maybe that's what's exciting about it is that that there is such breadth of styles and and influences in our winemaking and and what we produce so absolutely um, mark know, what do we need to know about wines of nova scotia yeah. I know that you are like a foremost expert on this. Uh, they make their way to BC in minuscule quantities. Yeah. I know you yes, uh, I'm sure they years do. Ago. Uh, but uh, well, I'm I'm not sure I'm the expert, but I have the grayest hair, so that means I've been <laughs> around the industry longer than most psalms. So that maybe affords me some knowledge since I've witnessed it through it. Wow, it's very green stages, you know, and and when it was just a uh, Yoast winery, pretty much holding it. And same for me holding the, being the only two producers probably in the mid nineties and then, and to see where it is now, still not huge in the, in the, in the only in the twenties, but um, yeah, I think, I think what's exciting about Nova Scotia now is that it's becoming comfortable in what it is. In the early two thousands, you know, we had wineries trying to be everything to everybody, you know, producing styles of wine that maybe they weren't able or suited to produce, you know, you know, trying and and now wineries are much more willing to embrace well, let's just not let's not fight nature, let's embrace nature. Let's uh, produce what we do well. And and obviously that's showcasing itself in traditional method sparkling wines, you know, where absolutely that will be the style that could put Nova Scotia on a on a on a map in, in this country or outside of this country. Um, you just don't find those conditions where you get phenolically ripe grapes at exceptionally low pH and exceptionally low sugar levels, which is so good for traditional method production. Uh, that just doesn't happen uh, many places in the world. Probably not even places like, you know, Champagne's struggling with it these days too. So- How many so, producers, Mark, are taking are producing traditional method? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, probably less than 10. Uh, probably about, you know, about 10, you know, so, you know, really Benjamin Bridge is still obviously the kind of goal, you know, the gold standard everybody knows across the country. I think, uh, you know, I think uh, Lackadie Vineyards is uh, perhaps, I'm not quite as well known as Benjamin Bridge to the, to the uh, but they, Bruce produces some phenomenal traditional methods and, and focus truly on on local varietals. So he really does do it a lot with a group called Lackadie Blanc that landed in Nova Scotia, I think around 1980, and it's become our number one planted grape variety. Um, and then obviously Lightfoot and Wolfville, they deliver some pretty good traditional method. Um, so- How does uh, the Lacadie Blanc show up as an expression in traditional method versus the classic? Yeah, yeah, the, the fruit is a little bit different, you know, like the, like um, um, there's a, kind of like a ripe apple thing to me uh, when I have Lackadie. It's saying, you know, there, 
it's um, the fruit's not uh, quite as angular. Like it does, a, it, it's not quite as angular. I find as uh, some of our Chardonnay and Pinot based uh, sparklers, but Lacadie, and especially in the hands of someone like Bruce, who, who Bruce who went against the mold at Lacadie Vineyards, and, and who actually has a connection to BC. He was used to be the winemaker at Summerhill way back when, and. Uh, I spent his time in BC, but he has an, he he went uh, against the mold and and really uh, situated his vineyards not on the south traditional south facing slopes of of that you would think of in in the Naples Valley where you know in a climatically challenged area, but he's on the north side and but he picked it up based on soil so that he could get a little he gets a little more uh, mineral driven nature into his wines based on his choice of soil rather than the traditionally just going to where um, exposure being, you know, the classic choice in, in a climatically challenged region or a cool region. Uh, so there is a potential for some minerality in the wines. It's just a matter of uh, site selection. So, um, but then I think if you look to life when willful, wow, you know, they, you know, if you get some, hopefully you guys get some of their wines out there, uh, they're, traditional the Blanc de Blancs are just like it's mm. purely focused and great expressions of classic traditional method Nova Scotia wines which are absolutely when they're done well like a pureness of and a razor sharpness to those wines and they don't it doesn't bend you know like it's just like when you taste it you, you know it's fo they're focused and they're going right to that point like and 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 and, and embracing our acidity like don't be you know we're not don't be scared can't, we can't hide our acid and so we have to embrace it and and i think benjamin bridge and like when willful really when they deliver their wines there's a mm. focus purity and just a razor sharpness to those wines that is pretty exciting are those wines aged long before release like on oh, yeah. Release? <laughs> yeah yeah tend, we tend to uh they tend to be uh the, you know many times often four or five years on the leaves is that well, right yeah, done some Benjamin Bridge longer, so um, pretty pretty exciting stuff. But I think the the pH and the and the structure of the wines allow that, and they allow it for without becoming overly autolytic. Like you know, like mm. it's still that even on that length of time, it's not overtaking the wine. It's uh, so which is exciting. Delicious. Like, yeah, so I think you know. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, watering for those. You'll get more of those out there. I think the, you know, those certainly it provides an economic opportunity too for Nova Scotia it's, uh, because you know, those wines deserve a premium price tag. Um, and so one of our great challenges currently in Nova Scotia, based on, you know, yield and and maybe where we could improve is. Uh, I think our input cost of grapes is still a little too high. Um, so having that kind of multiplier effect and that kind of to allow for, you know, and those wines deserve to be priced in comparatives mm. to the other great wines of the world. So it allows those wineries to, to in all good consciousness to sell these wines at a price where they can actually make a margin. So hopefully Tidal Bay gets there and becomes a... Yeah exportable commodity in the national wine landscape. I don't think it'll ever necessarily be an uh, international style, but uh, 
And again, that's going to be boiled down to some economics, uh, making sure that we can scale up and 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 great costs are come in line because it's still that's the one of the unspoken challenges of the industry, I would say, in Nova Scotia is to just perhaps we need more more grape growers, you know, that it can bring in some expertise to to be a little more efficient in the vineyard. So that sounds exciting to be part of a region like that that's very early on in its development, but also has really chosen a couple of very specific pathways. Like we're going to focus on this. We're going to unite as a few producers and kind of put our stamp on it. Yeah, so, and totally exciting. I think the things like Tidal Bay was a, a necessity, you know, particularly when you think about in the in, in the context of like hybrids and it's 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 hard to tell a, a, a story about Lackady and Saval and some of the other varietals that are in our kind of portfolio grapes. You know, it's not, it's not, you know, people who grew up on Chardonnay and Cabernet and Syrah. And then you would start saying, oh, and we're going to have no Scotia, well, Saval or Lackady. It's not, it's not, it's a hard language to say, well, what's that going to taste like, right? So creating something like Tidal Bay crafted was give us gave the industry an opportunity to craft a message around what style of wine works in nova scotia without relying on consumers to totally understand what geisenheim 318 is or lackety you know some of the great prizes that make up the the bulk of that wine style uh, it gave them an opportunity to yeah to tell a story how do you like to describe what's your elevator pitch for tidal bay Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I, I think I've, uh, I was, I've been on the, I was on the tasting panel for about, I'm sure I got sworn at by some wineries because we weren't always, we were pretty, um, you know, we were, it was a tough job. It's actually a really tough job to be on a uh, tasting panel. Like when you're, when you know that you've got friends in the industry that are submitting wines to you and you're, and you have both, you have this kind of responsibility to, to the brand and the, the greater good, the greater industry to be at times tough, you know? And so for me, the elevator pitch of Tidal Bay is like wines are, uh, have a slight aromatic lift to them um, without being blousy or overdone. Um, and the palace are, have this wonderful uh, freshness and crispness with, you know, without being too austere. So I think, you know, like it's actually a, it's actually a tight, you know, when we were judging sometimes it can be difficult because you, you know, in Nova Scotia, we have elevated acidities and an actual fact that the wines often benefit from some elevated R, you know, RS, like, you know, like, you know, when, wineries would push that dryness scale uh, and, and, and want, sometimes submit wines that are in that four, five, six, seven uh, grams per liter of sugar. Sometimes they just, you know, because of that, 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 that acidity level, they were coming off as a bit, a bit austere. And so, you know, it was, it's a hard thing as a panel because you're, you're trying to guide them into keeping within the framework of a style without, but without being without being so, you know, eliminating personal freedom out of it too. And that's, so it's it, it really, actually a really challenging thing to do, but uh, I mean, you know, fresh, crisp, lightly aromatic, 
you know, I'm sure I marketing plays is perfect with local seafood. <laughs> yes. Marketing genius that you are. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, I wish. A long elevator pitch just to say like this is a, this is the stamp, a, a authentic piece of Nova Scotia, how we express. Yeah. 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 It's, it's basically how do we express our coolness, you know, and, and our what we do well. So awesome yeah i haven't had one for years i think oh my god oh geez. We're, we're, we have to solve that yeah this, um, this weekend this weekend should be a nice one bring it on the golf course or something yes exactly uh make sure you have your uh lobster sandwich in tow too <laughs> not as commonplace to find over here mark yes no i know i i get bugged all the time from my uh friends at caps we see that i should be doing swaps of nova scotia oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. so, tell me the first box. perfect perfect tell me about your uh, role with with uh, asi i think this is yeah, a really no. connection to the competition part of caps but yeah yeah so asi is, is a beast so i kind of um I think, uh, I, I don't know I, I, how I got into this, but... Uh, well, I guess before uh, that, just the, uh, the dis description for anyone... Sure, of ASI, yeah. So the ASI is the International Psalm Body, which, which CAPS belongs to. So we have 62 member countries in all corners of the globe and probably accounting for 40,000 odd psalmways underneath that. Uh, our, our position is to... Uh, yeah, so our job is to promote and educate the psalm industry, uh, and historically that was done through a lot of emphasis placed on competition. So yeah, as you can tell, I'm not. I I think we all all our organizations should have a a broader impact than that. So I was lucky enough to connect with William Wooters, who is now the president of ASI. He, he had asked me to run for vice president of the Americas. I subsequently lost uh, to a wonderful Mexican named Marco Flores. Uh, so <laughs> so uh, William and the secretary and general then decided to appoint me as the, the marketing director, which means I have a team of eight. Um, and our job is to to yeah we're trying to we're trying under william's vision to to change asi from competition focused organization to one that is truly um much more education focused much more uh celebrating all psalms than the few so we have um we have a ton of work uh you probably haven't seen it yet but it was just leslie just got it we just launched what's called the asi guidelines or familiar we call them the grid so this is kind of this took us two years to develop um it is essentially a uh a pro it, it delivers basically the global standard of what uh, a sommelier should be and the level of knowledge so it is uh done we have to do it in a few languages so it's it's, it's intended to give our member countries the guidance for creating their own educational programs giving the expectations of psalms when they're at competitions, whether it's regionally or internationally, and when they are taking exams through ASI to, to have that kind of level playing field across the world and everybody has the same expectations in terms of so, 
How technical uh, does are these are these kind of broad descriptions of? No, no, it, it, will, it, it will drill down almost like the you know like the other grids out there, okay. and uh, and we'll give you very definitive kind of ways of articulating and uh, and yeah. So it, it, it certainly we're trying to to ramp up our own kind of educational platform in our diploma. So ASI has a, which many people might not know, there is the opportunity to take something called the ASI diploma exam. Mm. Uh, and so the goal is in the next three to five years to have that diploma be on par to MS. So, so wow. yeah, but a global, you know, a global yeah. standard rather than, uh, American centric, you know, uh, I'll say it. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's exciting. So we're working towards taking that diploma to that kind of kind of level. And so we hope people down the road will see, aspire to be part of the ASI diploma. That's incredible. That's huge. So it is huge. And the yeah. other huge thing at this may be a first, I may get a slap on the wrist from William for saying it on live, but, uh, we are uh, hopefully announcing in the next week that we're launching uh, boot ASI Bootcamp. Uh, <laughs> so that will start in Warsaw later this year, our first one, and then be uh, around the world. So I'm sure there'll be a opportunity for Canadian Psalms to try and win a space at uh, Bootcamp, because not, not all, totally funded. Well, I think we charge a nominal, we'll charge a nominal fee just like a hundred euro or something for someone to show up, but all funded by ASI. So um, the goal is an, it's not a, a profit make, you know, we're not trying to make, we're, not, we're very much a not profit. So we're trying to create um, tools like that to, to uh, support education. So we see that as uh, another way we can do it. So can you share we, anything about what this boot camp looks like? Oh, it's a, it's going to be pretty intense. It's going to be uh, two to three days, two days of pretty intensive coursework with, mm -hmm. with, uh, and it will be intense. Like there's like, if you're going to boot camp, you're going because you truly want to be learning and be the best that you can be. So it will be, it's not, it's not a marketing play. I mean, we'll have a couple, some regional focus. Uh, uh, classes, um, but it's not a it's not a marketing exercise on our part. It is uh, so we'll we'll have instructors that represent our kind of top top psalms of the world. You know, people that won best song in the world before or top those, um, and we'll have guest speakers from around the globe. Um, wow. Yeah, so it's exciting. So that's part of the, the the change of ASI. The other change I put in is to to have real conversations. So uh, every month now we have a theme, and so we export. We did alternative packaging last uh, month, and we had uh, Robert Joseph and Stefan Vidal from Inventions on with four psalms from around the globe, and. Every month we tackle a different subject through uh, content creation, webinars. Uh, this this month, I think we're doing family legacy. So that's- Oh, wow. Uh, so we have Thomas Peran and uh, uh, 
sorry, Matthew, <laughs> Matthew Perrin, his brother, uh, and, uh, and uh, Rob Simington from Simington Family States and a bunch of prominent songs from around the world. Gotcha. Uh, next month we're uh, talking terroir and it should be a, a, a big battle. Uh, Tim Atkins going to be there and... Uh, How can people uh, participate or watch or... I, th I think about it. Uh, I think the last we had a couple thousand people watching. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's uh, it's exciting stuff. And uh, so is there a, what's the website where? Oh, you can just go to it's Facebook Live. So our ASI Facebook page uh, is all yeah, and it's free again. You know. Gotcha. And uh, yeah. So a monthly, pretty rich discussion with people all around yeah. the world over a, a relevant topic. That's, that's exactly great. like yeah. real talk, real conversations is mm. what we like to say. Like we're not, we're, it's not fluff. We're not, we're trying to dig deep and have real, you know, and it's not marketing driven. It's totally now, you know, we're lucky to have great partners like Peran and inventions that are willing to and, and, and you know brain sport that are, that 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 get it like they 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 don't see these things as marketing tools either they 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 actually appreciate that no they want to be part of a real conversation too that's why they, you know they're involved. listen Mark, that's very exciting i think for people that are um are been within the caps organization that membership and all of a sudden now can see wow there's this thing called the the Diploma, which is yeah. starting to take shape. There's a boot camp, which involves yeah. people from around the world, which is starting to take shape. So, yeah, so it took about five or six months of planning to get here, and now we're on full on rollout stage. So, I'm almost yeah. slightly nervous <laughs> of the next few months because uh, uh, it's going to be a lot of work to, to, to get it out. But uh, that means you're doing something meaningful and important. Which is yeah, great. and uh, yeah, and uh, which isn't probably a segue into the other thing I do, which is uh, chasing climate change. So that's hmm. uh, um, the other. Say a bit more about that. Well, you guys in BC probably all know Michelle Buffard really well. So you do. Yes, um, I haven't seen her for I, a long time, but we do. Yeah, so I have almost like a brother sister relationship with Michelle, or have become. Uh, I think we bonded over trying to put on a competition in BC uh, in 2017. So yeah, yeah. Um, that allowed me to to kind of help and her, and and she asked me to kind of do what I do, which is um, finding partners and and trying to coordinate that side of it, which is allows her to focus more of her energies on the important stuff which is content and 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 having important discussions and again it's kind of like how like asi is going that the, the nice thing about tasting climate change is we have real discussions and nothing michelle does nothing that's not at the top level so it can make it uh as a person that's trying to be the helpful to raise the money to make these things go you know you always go ah you know sometimes but it's it, it, but then you go thank god michelle's there because she doesn't we don't have can't have partners that aren't really committed to to the cause so it means uh uh yeah, it means that we have great discussions and the content's going to be online platform this year because of obviously the pandemic. So an insecurity of not being knowing if we could plan a live event. So to the benefit, I think, is that uh, um, we get to take Michelle's conference now to the world. So, you know, wow. CAP, we've created something called the Friends of Climate Change Program. So CAPS is going to participate in that. So that means 
uh, CAPS members will get uh, discounted, heavily discounted rates on, on participating in the conference, which will be Mondays and Tuesdays for the whole month of November. Um, and then, yeah, so I'm, we've got partnerships with the new Psalm Association in the US led by Doug Frost, the MSNMW, um, Germany, whole, I'm trying to line up a bunch of countries around the world so we can take Michelle's message to the world. Incredible. What, a, what have been some, some of those big takeaways for the message that when you put together these events, these conversations, that if you oh. were to give us a little clip of what- Yeah, <laughs> don't take these things on lightly. <laughs> um, these uh, events uh, are a lot of work, but um, yeah, and do not discount the, the, the efforts that go into things that sometimes seem fairly uh easy on the on the consumer end that's what they're supposed to like you know the who's at the but it's a it's a lot of it's a lot of uh it's a lot of detail on, on the other end so we i got thankfully i got thrown into the mix to host the best song of the americas in 2018 uh, i cursed it then uh because you know we three of us were trying to put together a half million dollar event uh you know our, in our spare time but uh that 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 Toll, that that educated me into to what it takes to put on these kind of events and you know and it's uh, you know finding the right partners finding people that believe in what you're saying and uh and and details gotcha yeah i think i was curious as to when the the theme of tasting climate change what are some of the oh yeah. things that people get to work oh so yeah so we'll here. have um we're excited so we'll be talking about the road carbon zero what you know what what does that really mean we're going to have a one on water man a conference on water management and and particularly you know that that, that as that applies to an important topic in, in in a lot of places these days as we, you know the change unfortunately the reality of climate change um, we'll be having a one on communication you know around how the psalms communicate this and and so we'll have William from ASI, the president of ASI, with Joshua Green from Wine Spirits talking. So we'll have journalists and Psalms talking about how we communicate on this. We'll have uh, something on regenerative farming. Uh, we'll talk about uh, how climate change has changed wine style. So whether uh, so, I think uh, we're gonna have we Provence. I think is on that. Um, yeah, and, and so it's a deep dive into to um, a variety of topics uh, of which, uh, yeah, and then the beauty of the, this conference is that uh, Michelle comes from our kind of our, our, our way of thinking and our background. So, you know, like the important thing is for us to 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 not to be talking to Psalms and, and it, because ultimately it's Psalms that have to communicate uh, to, to the end user and, 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 and tell people the importance of, of, of wineries that are trying to do their part to, to, to be sustainable and, and, and lessen their impact on the environment. So ultimately yeah. it's, that's why, you know, we want to, we don't just want to talk to each other. That's, you know, like, you know, you could, you have winemakers talking to each other all day, but, you know, we need to have Psalms involved so we can communicate it to end user. Amazing. Mark, you yeah. are up to, uh, up to so much 
it sounds like all oh, a few other things. <laughs> you have a few couple other things too. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you might see a child or two walk around behind me. I have in the background. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so, uh, yeah, I, I definitely stay busy. That's for sure. So, um, no kidding. It's just it's creating these things, and and for for across Canada and for the rest of the world. I mean, come on. There's just now more conversations for us sommeliers to be engaged in and it really takes some leadership some ambition some risk taking in putting this stuff out there yeah exactly. like yeah. you're uh, you're spending but, uh, many uh, hours of your day creating that for us yeah no but uh, exciting to see what's going on in the psalm community across the country like i'm excited to see the quality of canadian psalm i always say that to the world like canadian psalms are definitely some of the top psalms of the world we have a great Psalm culture here, and uh, we should be pretty proud of what our psalms have accomplished. We're, mm -hmm. we're, um, yeah, we're, we can be leaders. So we're leaders, and people. I mean, just working with ASI, people look up to Canadian psalms. They wow. do put us on that stage with uh, some of the top European countries and and ja Japan. Who, um, yeah. Have, well, look, so it's, it's, it's due to efforts efforts from people like you that have just. So from, from my perspective, like dedicated your life to, to putting together these, uh, the, the foundations for us in these classes and continue. Yeah. And it's exciting stuff coming from Caps in the future. We have lots of great partnerships. We're just starting one uh, with California. So everybody wow. on, that's listening, look out for an email because uh, we just, uh, we're creating this exciting uh, educational scholarship program with uh, them to wow. put uh, 10 people through a uh, new ambassador program through California that's valued at six thousand U.S. dollars each. So that's about a seventy thousand uh, dollar investment uh, from California to Caps to uh, to have 10, 10 people go through this program. So that, that's going to be end of this month. We'll do a seminar with uh, Evan Goldstein, the MS out of San Francisco, and maybe a couple other familiar names in the California wine world to be determined, but uh, you'll, everybody can learn more about that later. Where's the best place, Mark? I mean, you mentioned the Facebook page for ASI, but where's the best place to, to make sure that if people are inspired by this conversation and like, wow, there's a lot of- Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to learn uh, it's about ASI, go to ASI.info. That's our webpage. That's where we house all our news and information on that side. Uh, our Facebook page, um, currently the one i'm currently the one doing social media for asi <laughs> not because i want to just because yeah, yeah. but uh, so uh, uh but facebook page uh it, it go there well you'll see announcements about the next webinar and uh they're pretty regular i think it's the third tuesday of every month is when we're doing them so um yeah it might be a little bit early for those west coasters because i think we uh do it at uh 10 o'clock Atlantic time. So that's 6 a.m. your time, but you should be able to, re we post them back to YouTube uh, about a week after. So lots of options to catch up on the conversation. So the Facebook page there, ASI website, anywhere else that people need to know about to keep on the latest of what's going on with. Yeah, start there uh, and, and uh, we'll, uh, yeah. And then uh, I'm sure uh, you look forward to communications from CAPS coming out in the future about the California program. Awesome. And we have a couple other things lined up for the fall uh, from some other places in the world that will, uh, yeah. 
Hopefully keep us educated and uh, aspiring to be better. I love, love, love what you put together for this, Mark. Thank you for everything that you've done okay. over the last few years and continue to do for this, uh, this community. Yeah, no, I'm happy to be here. I have to give my little piece. Uh, it's nice to, you know, I'm not, you know, I live in the, uh, kind of a small corner of the wine world. So it's always nice to be able to connect uh, with everybody across the country. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we're, we're feeling the impact over here. So thank awesome. you. Okay. Well, thanks for your time. You got it. Thank you, Mark. Okay. I will talk to you soon. Thank you. Well, Bye. You got it. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode of SOMCAST, produced by the BC Chapter of the Canadian Association of Professional Sommeliers. Get in touch with us. We welcome your feedback, or if you want to be on the show, or if you have ideas for future shows that would interest you, you can email me, Jason Yamasaki, at jy at jwine.ca. Cheers, and thanks for listening.